welcome to Braveheart Conversations, where we learn the art of love through brave and compassionate conversations. I'm Jillian Aurora. And I'm Marie Wallace. And we are your hosts today. Welcome to Braveheart Conversations. I am Jillian Aurora, and this is my lovely co-host, Marie Wallace. Hi, guys. Super, super honored to be here with you today. Yes, we are. And um, <clears throat> just want to... Uh, Take a second to say, please follow us on our Braveheart Conversations Facebook group. You can find any of our past episodes there, and we are live every Thursday. So if you're catching us this morning, it's because it's our, our weekly time that we pretty much never fail yeah. to appear. Um, and today, so this whole month, we're talking about everything female. <clears throat> Last week, we talked about what feminism is and how that is uh, misunderstood and demonized in a lot of ways. Uh, we talked about what it really is and what it really is not. And today, we're kind of furthering on that topic in a way. We are talking about the misunderstood masculinity of women. And this can be a tough topic because we have a, a lot of programming to overcome a lot <laughs> in this area. And so I want to explain what I mean by the misunderstood masculinity of females. So there's this school of thought that I've been around for a long time, both in religion and outside of religion, really in the spiritual community, where there's a lot of talk around masculine and feminine energy. And the idea is that if you are not, as a female, really embodying your feminine energy and being soft and loving and compassionate and empathetic and accommodating and nurturing and all of these feminine elements, right? If you are not embodying all of those things and you are too assertive and you are too stubborn and you are too driven and you are too organized, too masculine then you cannot really be with a masculine partner, that you are going to yeah. emasculate your husband or your boyfriend or, or whatever your situation is. So I want to break that myth today because, oh man, does it really irk me. <laughs> um, and it didn't used to. I used to actually believe that way. Um, and I used to really hold myself to a standard of accommodating, um, which many of you know, um, if you're familiar with my work at all, then you know that that has been my good girl journey. Yes. And um, what I'm here to tell you today is that when you are operating only in femininity and you are suppressing your masculinity as a woman, you are suppressing a whole half of yourself. And it actually isn't healthy for any relationship. I believe that both men and women have masculine and feminine energy, and neither are wrong. And if you are operating in a healthy masculine energy as a woman, that does not diminish your feminine energy as a woman. In fact, I believe that when your masculinity is thriving, it actually holds a bigger space for your femininity to thrive. So I want to dispel this idea that um, you operating as a strong female, having your own dreams and goals and being organized and, um, and, and uh, ambitious, 
I want to just, or gritty, or gritty. <laughs> yeah, all of those things. Having strength and being uh, being strong physically or yeah. mentally. Um, I want to dispel the idea that that is somehow taking away from your masculine partner. It is not. So, um, <clears throat> Marie, if you're feeling well enough, okay. um, can you tell me some of your experiences as being a strong female? Have you ever come up against that idea that as being a strong female that you are somehow taking away from or weakening a man around you? Yeah. I um, I actually have had that happen in relationships before where men felt threatened by me being a breadwinner, me being um, strong and goal-oriented and um, really enjoying that side of me. However, in the relationship I'm in now with Joe, he's not threatened by all of that because he embraces his feminine and his masculine, and we both feel balanced with each other. And so when we don't take that as a threat, but you are who you are and and loving all the aspects of yourself, how they show up, I think it, it works better. But not feeling threatened because I am... I, he loves the fact that actually he even says, I, I don't care if you make more money than me or any, you know, just do all the things. And so he's not threatened by me having goals and dreams and wanting um, to do things that better or further me as a person. So, yeah. And that's such a key that I've seen as well is really strong masculine men and women are not threatened by someone else's strength. Mm -hmm. Um, so the stronger I am, the more my partner celebrates. That. Yeah. And I mean, that's a true healthy relationship is when your yeah. partner is celebrating you expressing however you are and, and they don't want you to suppress no. anything that, I mean, that's a true healthy relationship. They're not asking you to suppress any, anything. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that can be a really big red flag is if your partner is saying, you know, oh, don't get too physically strong in the gym, you know, or don't, um, cause that's a threat. Don't, don't be focused on your profession. You should be focused on taking care of the house or the children. Don't be, um, don't be too stubborn or assertive because that means you are emasculating your, your partner and shutting him down. Well, that's a red flag, but not a red flag to me that the woman's behavior needs to change, but that the man really needs to figure out his shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, you know, one person actually being more productive and more in their element and more fulfilling their calling, um, the idea is not to diminish that person no. and limit that person. Um, in a healthy relationship, you should feel the full bandwidth of being able to um, be the most tapped in, turned on, thriving person. Which sometimes inspires my partner. Yes, that is how it's meant to work. <laughs> we are inspiring and empowering each other. Exactly. And by watching each other, you know, push ourselves and challenge ourselves and rise to the plate, like we are in this constant, like, um, spiral of inspiration. Mm -hmm. Instead of, oh, I better not do that because he might perceive that as threatening or, you know, he might be insecure about that. Ooh, that's a really big red flag. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <clears throat> um, 
So how about I, you? When have you experienced this? Um, so I've experienced this in relationships. I've also experienced this on um, like more of a familial cultural level. Mm. Um, I've, I've definitely been exposed to the narrative many times that if I'm too masculine, then that is going to shut down um, a man's strength, which I think is absolute baloney. Um, but I've only learned that from experience. Right. Mm -hmm. So I really did believe that for a long time. But actually what I discovered, even in in my marriage, um, I discovered that the more passive I was and in my feminine without any of my masculine activated, um, I actually experienced more of his toxic masculinity. I experienced more of the what I call the villain energy mm. so I see masculine and feminine energy on a spectrum okay so I can see like um, the shadow feminine is what I call it but the the feminine without the masculine presence inside in the individual yeah. I call the victim okay the victim energy because she's really at the mercy of the villain sure so we have the um, the victim we have the goddess which is the divine feminine we have the warrior which is the divine masculine and then the villain that's the toxic or shadow um, masculine and and what i have discovered for myself is that the victim and the villain always attract each other yeah and the goddess and the warrior always attract each other it's true both internally and in in external relationships sure. so what i found was that the more i've I was operating in that victim energy where I was just completely submissive and passive and a, a doormat and accommodating um, was the more my partner's villain energy came mm -hmm. out. What, what I mean by that is um, very suppressing, very, um, very possessive, very uh, manipulative, um, very entitled, very controlling. Yeah, so a lot of those aspects yeah. came out. Um, and then I'm angry. It brings out the really negative traits of myself. I'm angry. I'm, what's the R word? Resentful. <laughs> Resentful. <laughs> Sorry, I thoughts are moving very slow. <laughs> slow in my head. Resentful. Yeah, all of those things because we don't get to fully express ourselves. We're suppressing a very important energy in us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I learned through that relationship and, and others was that the more I practiced um, honoring my warrior energy, which what I mean by that when I talk about my warrior energy, my masculine energy, is the more I'm practicing my self-worth, right? Mm -hmm. My self-worth is rooted in my masculine energy. It's the uh, self-reliance, the self-confidence. It is being able to communicate assertively um, <clears throat> setting boundaries without apology, um, being organized, having um, ambition and dreams mm -hmm. and goals, all of those things are in my masculine energy. And that is, that's my warrior. And my warrior is responsible for traditionally, you know, what we see as masculine energy is provision and protection, right? My warrior energy provides for me that means I create my own abundance I create mm -hmm. the fuel needed for the goddess 
and I am able to protect her with my warrior. So my warrior energy is my boundaries. It is, it's that badass bitch that comes out and says, <laughs> no, you are not going to consume me. You, are, you will not take advantage of me. You will not access me in a way that is disrespectful. Um, so it's my masculine energy that's responsible for that, where in the past, we have actually hijacked our, our outside uh, partner's warrior energy, yeah. right? Our partner has been responsible for provision and protection. Today, I take ownership of that responsibility. Yes. There's no one on this planet that's responsible to provide and protect me except for me. That's my warrior energy. And when I am operating in that warrior energy and when I'm taking responsibility for that warrior energy, then I show up as a complete whole person. I don't need a masculine partner or a partner at all. I want a partner. Yeah. So it's coming from desire instead of need. And need always will breed a transactional relationship, which is not what I'm interested in. Me neither. Right? It's not fun. Well, your partner wants the best of you, right? They mm -hmm. want, I mean, if it's truly a healthy relationship, they want to interact with you and they want the best of you. And it's a heavy burden mm -hmm. to feel that you, they need to always be that warrior for you and not you yourself, mm -hmm. right? And vice versa. I mean, me always having to nurture and and do all those things, it's, it's, a, it's a heavy burden for me. Yes, you can nurture yourself. <laughs> Very capable of it. And um, it just relieves a lot of heavy responsibility for both, for, for both parties if we're talking about a relationship. All parties if we're talking about all relationships. Totally. And I think, you know, that's a really good point that there's a hijacking that has traditionally happened with women taking you know, hijacking the masculine um, wear of their partner, but there's also vice versa been a hijacking of the feminine, you know. So where I've seen um, male partners do this traditionally for a long, long time is they're not responsible for their emotional health. Yeah. And they're not responsible for um, doing, doing their emotional work. Um, you'll find far more females are investing in self-development work or, you know, reading books about how to better themselves or understand themselves. Um, that's, that's far more, um, digested by women or sought yeah. by women. Um, relationship work I find is often like the female pursuing, how are we going to fix our relationship? Yeah. Um, and, and so traditionally that's been seen as, you know, that's not my job, that's her job. Mm -hmm. um, and <clears throat> so, and then the nurturing and, and a lot of the, the feminine aspects, the man can't be seen as weak in the toxic masculine paradigm. Right. So when both people come to the table fully responsible, this is a responsibility thing, mm -hmm. right? When both people come to the table responsible for their, the health of their masculinity and femininity, you have two full, healthy people in a relationship. And that's how you get mutual support. <laughs> it's mutual support. It's not either side taking on more than they are able to or more than they 
they should. It's, it's both our responsibilities. And I wanted to go back to what you said about the victim energy, because we, we both have a victim energy, right? And we could stay there. And it just sucks our partner dry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you feel that you're sucked dry, I would bet you money that you, your partner feels sucked dry too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, that's a great point. So um, the victim energy always attracts the villain energy, but that also happens inside. Mm-hmm. So if I'm operating in victim energy, I'm also attracting my own toxic masculinity or villain energy. So that means I'm capable of, you know, in the victim energy where I'm, I'm totally living at the mercy of someone else. Yeah. And I'm, I'm living as a doormat and accommodating and all those things. Um, I'm also activating within myself controlling and possessiveness and entitlement. Like those things are happening at the same time. Um, one may be dominant more than the other, but they're both there. Same is true when I'm activating my warrior or my goddess. I'm attracting that energy within myself. So if I'm if I've got a really strong feminine energy that is um, that goddess energy, I'm also attracting that warrior energy. They feed each other um, internally and in relationships. So that's the key to having a good relationship. Yeah, take full responsibility. <laughs> full responsibility. Cannot say that enough. Radical responsibility for yourself, for both parts of yourself. Mm-hmm. And when two people come into a relationship fully aware, fully responsible for themselves, um, that's when you can have a non-transactional relationship. So I want to go back to that idea of a transactional relationship. If if Marie, you're a dude. <laughs> I'm a dude today. <laughs> and we're in a relationship. And I don't want to, uh, I don't believe that I should uh, operate in my masculine because I have a lot of judgment as a woman for activating that masculine energy. So I, I expect you to provide and protect me. Um, yeah. So <laughs> Marie, you're going to take care of paying the mortgage and all of our bills. And, um, and then if I ever need someone to stand up for me, I really can't do that because that would require, you know, boundaries and having a voice. So I would need you to step in for me, Mm -hmm. um, to set boundaries for me. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you being man, you're not going to be weak at all. So, um, you expect me to do the legwork as far as, nurturing our relationship and you our know, kids kids making sure everything is is romantic my dinner um giving you sex <laughs> like so you see the roles yes. right so now there's expectation here mm-hmm. so it's no longer a relationship birthed out of desire it's need i need you to do those things for me i need you to pay the bills i need you to uh, provide and protect me and you need me to fulfill all those other feminine roles. So you see how it's no longer a desirous relationship. Mm-hmm. Now it is a need-based relationship. We need things from each other, so it's now a transaction. You give me this, those aren't I fun. give you that. Yeah. And that is that if you want a relationship like that, you're allowed to have whatever you want. 
that isn't a relationship I choose to have anymore. That's not what I want. I want a relationship that is built on love and mm-hmm. respect and um, I don't need something from my partner. I, I show up for me fully. I don't need him to step in for me to use his voice to protect me. I can use my own voice just fine. <clears throat> I can set my own boundaries. I can protect myself. I can bring in my own income. I'm just so glad that you brought that up because I've worked with several women who get really pissed off when their guy does not stand up for them. And there's definite situations where you can be your own advocate. You don't you don't need and you're responsible too. And you're responsible. And until you do, those people will walk over you until until you take responsibility that it is it is my job to um, stand up for me, to say what I need to say, if, especially if people are trash-talking you or whatever. That's usually what comes up. But um, there was something else you said, but it's gone now. I'll, I'll let you know if it shows up. protection? Yeah, something about protection, but I don't... Yeah, <clears throat> well, do you have something else on that? Yeah, I was just thinking, like, do I really want to walk around, like, if Marie isn't right here with me, then I'm totally vulnerable. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I can't protect That's myself. That's what it was. It really is. It's, it, it lets you feel so weak. Yeah. And it also creates that codependency that I have to have this person no matter what. And if I don't have them, I'm incomplete as yep. a person. Yep. And it, it does. It totally goes back to that idea of like I'm a half of a person waiting for the other half. Oh, man. I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> You're a full person. You look complete. <laughs> and I, I really believe that the best relationships are birthed from two thriving people, mm-hmm. right, who um, they didn't need a partner. They were already doing well. There, here's a question that comes up. So let's say I'm in a toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. And both of us are acting in our victim energy. And not our warrior or our goddess. What can we do? I'm a female. And it's only me in that relationship doing the work. What can I do to enhance this relationship or make it better? If you're in your victim energy? I'm in my victim energy. And so is he. So he would be in his villain energy. Right. So cause How do I activate his, his warrior and his goddess? <laughs> His warrior and his goddess. So this is a question I get a lot. I know. And That's I, why I asked it. <laughs> um, I, I would encourage any of our listeners to ask a different question. So, oh, good. Um, there we go. When we, this is so common as women, when we are asking about how to change someone else, now, how do I change the relationship is, is my main question. Mm-hmm. Which is still essentially wanting to change the other person. Okay. Um, so, <clears throat> to me, the question is, how do I thrive? So, if I'm in my victim energy, then the only thing you truly have power over is changing yourself. So, a relationship takes two people thriving. You cannot have a healthy relationship without two healthy people. Sure. And a lot of people don't want to hear but that. But it's not impossible, right? I would say it is impossible. Okay. Yeah. I don't believe that you can have a healthy relationship with only one healthy person. 
No, but if I act in my own power, could that other person maybe start acting in their own power? Another person can always act in their power, but it has nothing to do with you. Right. So they have the choice at any time to change their behavior, but we don't have the power to change someone else. The only reason I brought that question up is because I actually had a person who goes, I came to you to work on my marriage. It has nothing to do with me. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Well, it has everything to do with you, darling. (laughs) So this really goes back to what we've talked about in the past, which is prioritizing. You have to choose. Is your priority the relationship? Or is your priority the health of both people? What I believe a relationship is for, the purpose of a relationship, is a container that prioritizes the health of both individuals. And it is supposed to be a catalyst to improve both individuals and enhance both individuals. If your relationship is the priority above the health of the two individuals, then we have a problem. And that is the place that a lot of people are coming from, is they don't care if they have to sacrifice themselves. They don't care um, how badly they themselves are doing emotionally, mentally, physically. They just want the relationship to work so desperately. And I think that is when we have completely lost the perspective of what the relationship is for. Because if you are just pushing pushing to make the relationship work at any cost and you're willing to sacrifice one or both people. Like you, you literally can't have a healthy relationship if one of you is just like (laughs) totally, you know, sacrificed on the altar. So I would say to a client in that position, like then (laughs) you're, you come to the wrong person. Well, and that person didn't work out, but I have seen very successfully people that I've worked with once one person started doing the work they were out of their victim energy Mm -hmm. which was actually activating their victim energy so in that case when when the person was working on their own stuff and being in their brilliance pretty soon the other person's like oh you're acting differently now and now it's activating their brilliance that's what i've seen it can happen that way i've also seen and Speaking from my experience, what I thought was I put a lot of pressure on myself to do exactly that. So I thought if I was just healthy enough, then my partner would get healthy. And so all of the pressure was on me just to change me. And if I just did it good enough and hard enough, then then they would change. And so I really want to stay away from that idea. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. When you step into your best self and you start taking care of you, you're going to inspire a fuck ton of people because that's what happens when you become a lighthouse. Can you guarantee that one of those people is going to be your partner? You can't. And they know that too. They know it's not a guarantee, but I just have witnessed that it has helped. Yeah. So I think when, when you improve yourself, Truly, and without any attachment. Right. That's <laughs> that's the key because that takes out the agenda. codependency and the agenda. Yeah. yeah. If you are, if you're improving yourself simply with the agenda of improving your relationship, you're actually only operating in manipulation. Yes. True. So 
Um, when you are improving yourself without any attachment, knowing that as I take these steps to improve myself, I may lose my relationship. I may lose multiple relationships, but I'm going to improve me for the sake of improving me. Um, to me, that is authentic. That does, that's not but carrying that's manipulation. That's having a relationship in integrity, too. Yeah, because I for too long, I operated in the idea that if I'm just healthy enough and I just you know, activate his warrior enough, then well, it'll work. Yeah, that's not what I, but yeah, <laughs> I can see where you, where that could come about. But it, I gotta tell you, and Jillian and I had just talked about this yesterday, is having a relationship like our relationship being in integrity, it's so much easier. We're both having this relationship where we're talking honestly and we're both improving ourselves. And yeah. as we do that, it only makes our relationship stronger and better because it's the bullshit. You're not messing with bullshit. You're not playing games. You're not messing with all the crap that's going on. You're actually just honestly interacting and engaging with yeah. each other. And when I say something, she can believe me because she knows I'm not there to um, manipulate her or harm her or anything. Yeah. Most of what I do is out of questioning and curiosity and wanting to be a better person. So anyway, just, yeah, it's yeah. been wonderful. Yeah. Well, and I think too, in, in any relationship, just like what we're talking about, um, when you have that safe container to, uh, be yourself, be authentic, be assertive and yeah. to, you know, not, you don't feel pressure to accommodate me and I don't feel pressure to accommodate no. you. Like we can be fully ourselves. We can even walk into territory where we disagree. Exactly. And, and it's okay. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to hate each other over it. No. We're just going to be like, oh, that's interesting. And thank you for that I totally disagree with you, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, and it's not threatening. Our disagreements, because we're so totally different as people, our disagreements should not be, well, I said the word should, but... But disagreements are part of what we enjoy about each other. Yeah. And it also um, puts that question up to, to allow you to be fully yourself and go, I wonder what I do think about that. Yes. I haven't been posed that question before. Let me investigate it. Let me see if what I really believe is truly what I truly believe right now. So just yeah. like that. And, and I can't say how many times. I have heard someone I, I disagreed with and it triggered me and I, I researched it maybe over a span of years and the, that seed was planted and that was really useful for me. Mm -hmm. So I really appreciate um, people's bravery to disagree. It takes mm -hmm. some guts to disagree and, and of course, you know, I always say disagree with class. Yeah. You know, we don't have to do it maliciously. But I think that that is part of our masculine energy that is beautiful, mm -hmm. is, is being able to assertively communicate our, our opinions and our feelings. And, um, and then when we're around another healthy masculine energy, that's not taken in a way that is threatening. And it's not going to bring out insecurity in the other person. A true masculine energy says, yeah, I honor your strength. Mm -hmm. And we may be different, but that's fine. Like, I'm, that doesn't take away from my strength because I acknowledge strength in you. Um, so yeah, I think that that is a, a really vital area that we get to 
um, nourish and expand our masculine energy because we don't have a lot of that bandwidth as women. I think it's growing, but I think we can do a lot to improve that area as well. Agreed. Yeah, and I think we've already gone over time. That's, that was a wonderful conversation. <laughs> yes, thank ma'am. you. Yeah. Do you have any questions? I did not see any questions. So we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Um, next week, let me pull up our topic. Of course, I looked it up, and then it slipped my mind already. <laughs> um, self-acceptance of gender identity. Ooh. So this will be another big one. Um, we are just laying it on thick this month, so I'm excited to have a conversation. Well, thank you for today. Yeah, thank you. And uh, for anyone that would like to follow us, Braveheart Conversations, you can follow us in our group, Braveheart Conversations, on Facebook. You can also find us on multiple podcasting platforms like Spotify and iTunes. And you can find uh, the link to Podbean <clears throat> on my website, JillianAurora.com. And I don't think I missed anything else. No. Um, if you Email have any us, questions, yeah. yes, if you have any questions for us, uh, either comments, disagreements, um, questions about, you know, your own personal dilemmas that you would like us to cover, we'd be happy to do that. You can send me an email at defytheaverage at gmail.com or marie. Marie at marieschool.com. So we would love to hear from you. With that, I hope you all have a phenomenal week, and we will see you all next Thursday. All right. Bye, guys. Bye-bye, guys.